0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to 100 Yards Football. Today we have our college football team preview. We're going to highlight the Texas Tech Red Raiders. So if you like the video today, please come in and share it. We'll surely appreciate it here at 100 Yards Football. I'm your host, Vincent Turner. Mexico. If you don't know where that's at, I do, because everyone knows I attended the University of Arkansas back from 1978 to 1981. And Texas Tech used to come up and play Arkansas, and they had a basketball player by the name of Jeff Taylor that was pretty good. But I got to see Gabriel Rivera up close at the nose guard position at Texas Tech, and he was one hell of a football player. But my man who's going to tell us about Texas Tech today, Mr. Jason Watkins, how you doing this today, sir? Doing great, Vincent. Thanks a lot for having me on your show. If you like the video, please come in and share it. We'll surely appreciate you here at 100 Yards for Ball. Tell us about Texas Tech, man. Let's start with the team from an offensive standpoint. And tell us what you think about their season last year. They went 8-5 and five under a new head coach, Jody McGuire. Tell us about Texas Tech today.
1: Well, I'll tell you, uh, Joey McGuire is, is the real deal. Um, a lot of people have seen you know, the clip after they beat Texas of him saying that the Big 12 championship comes through Lubbock. They did have some stumbles with uh, some injuries to their quarterbacks and stuff throughout the year, but it was the first time in Texas Tech history that the Red Raiders beat both Texas and Oklahoma in the same season. And this is in his first year on the job. Uh, you know, he is a former high school coach at Cedar Hill High School after and when, won multiple state championships at the Class 6A level. We're talking about in one of the most competitive high school environments in the country uh just in 6A alone they have almost 250 schools that compete for that title uh in two divisions so uh he also was the Texas High School Coaches Association president which if you know anything about Texas high school football that is probably the most powerful um, entity within it uh at the UIL level so honestly it's uh it him going to Texas tech is a huge huge move for the red Raiders. Uh, they're able to, I mean, right now they've got some recruits that generally you don't see coming to love it. Uh, so, you know, we're talking about guys like Micah Hudson. He is a five-star receiver that is also being, you know, pursued pretty hard by the, by the Texas Longhorns. And generally speaking, you don't see guys that are being recruited by Texas and Texas A&M going to Texas tech. This kid is the real deal. Uh, he <clears throat> reminds you a lot of a guy like uh, Jalen Waddle. So, you know, a lot of speed, shiftiness, you know, able to, you know, he catches the ball at the high point, but, you know, he can turn a five-yarder into a, into a, you know, a touchdown from anywhere on the field. So it's one of those deals where they're continuing to add to depth. Uh, their quarterback this coming up this season is going to be Tyler Shuck. This will be his second year as the starter there. The only, the only thing about Tyler is, is he's yet to finish a full season. He hasn't even played 10 games. The one thing I'll say about, again, with, with Joey McGuire and his staff being able to recruit at the level that they're recruiting at right now, Vincent, is that they are able to, right now they have Tyler Shuck, uh, who uh, he was a transfer in from Oregon. Uh, then you also have behind him somebody that they're really, really high on, Baron Morton and then this year who was this year they had uh uh will hammond who is from nearby hutto texas uh, he was the unsung hero of the elite 11 finals aside from the guys that won it you know you're talking about er- and that were right at the top he won two of the events there in the finals there in california uh big live arm he hit some you know his velocity and and being able to hit some of the spots that he hit Uh, was even apparently impressing uh, Michael Penix Jr. and Caleb Williams, who were there at the final. So uh, it's uh, one of the guys that everybody was kind of talking about him as, you know, he came in as some of the some of the different recruiting sites had him as a three star. You had one that had him as a four star as well. But he's going to be a big time. And, you know, that's three of them that were elite 11 finalists. Uh, with Shuck and Baron Morton as well. So even if you do have Shuck go down again this season, you're looking like you probably are going to have a good backup coming in. And then next year it, it continues to look bright for this team uh, on the offensive end. And, and I just, and you know, when you think about it, Joey McGuire is actually a defensive head coach, uh, you know, after Cedar Hill, uh, Matt rule, when he was at Baylor hired him to become an assistant there. he, stayed on with david randa as the assistant head coach which is how he became uh the head coach there at tech i think the biggest thing for texas tech is to keep joey mcguire there and happy he does have a daughter who graduated from there so and he says that he wants to stay but as we all know texas and texas a&m have a kind of unlimited funds so it's a if he continues to progress as we expect that he will uh in the big 12 you could see them come calling, you know. You know, there's some issues there, and in, in, at A and M with the with Jimbo Fisher, uh, they're having to bring in guys like Bobby Petrino to try to make this offense work. They do owe him a lot of money, but I could see that they would definitely kind of back up that Brinks truck if if he proves that he can go in and win a Big 12 title at Texas Tech, which is something that hadn't really happened uh, in the history of the of the league.
0: Talk about the receiving core from an offensive standpoint. They're supposed to be the strength of the team. And then I'm looking at the Red Raiders, guns up. Last year they averaged 462 yards total offense, 34 points a game, 300 yards passing. But the strength of their team is the receiver position where they got five receivers returning.
1: Right. You know, they're solid at, at all around that. And and I think the other part of it too would be you've got some some of the running backs that are coming in, but but starting off with, uh, I would say your senior Miles Price is one of their big-time players. You know that, that receiver right there. He's coming from uh, the Colony of Texas. There, uh, let me see. I was gonna. I was actually trying to pull that up real quick. One, give me one second here. Um, that's one thing is that it, it, they definitely have been looking. I don't know that you have a guy necessarily on this receiving core that's like, you know, who we were talking about just a few minutes ago. Uh, but what I would tell you is, is that they are solid and, and scoring thirty points a game. They're gonna they continue to run that Mike Leach offense. You know, you know, Mike Leach has been gone for a long time from the, from the Texas Tech, but his his offense lives on there. You know, it lived on with Cliff Kings, Garrett, clean Cliff Kingsbury. It also lived on. You know, uh, it didn't make it with Tommy, Tommy Tuberville, but he didn't last very long at Texas Tech either. And then you know, the last few guys that have been there have have continued to do it with their with the way that they're doing things there they're going to continue to to put the ball in the air but this is the with Micah Hudson is the type of receiver when you get him that is different than that I don't know I guess you call it that quintessential possession receiver that you generally get at Texas Tech you've had a few guys here and there that have been you know you know just out of this world good but i think that you know that's where they're definitely working to to bring that up they they have done a good job with guys like Uh, Jaron Bradley he's a sophomore coming in they're expecting a little bit a lot from him this year he's out of Frisco Texas at DeSoto they're the defending state champions Uh, and so this is his sophomore year he's 6'5 220 expected to kind of come in and kind of get things going this season as well Uh, then you've got uh, let's see you've got another a senior in Loic uh, i hate, i have a trouble with his name but it's Fuanji uh six foot four 215 he's at midland Lee in midland Texas uh he's also you know expected to do you know again that's going to be your outside guys that that they're expecting to kind of get things going and, and be able to catch some of those 50 50 balls that you're you know that you got to throw in this league so uh i do feel like uh, your number ones are probably going to be uh miles price though so another senior 510 190 he's uh a He's also going to be solid for them, for them as well. But I think a lot of it is going to go on what you see these quarterbacks do. I think a year ago, uh, you know, they got both of their quarterbacks hurt quite, you know, to be honest with you. And so when you end up having that happen, um, you know, you that that results in a loss at, at NC State. That results in a loss on the road at Oklahoma State. You know, um, they go for... They go for a third, a fourth down in their own at their own thirty against TCU. Probably not the greatest call in the world, I would say, uh, at that at that point in the game. It, it, but you know, if if it works out, they probably end up winning that game. So they were in pretty much all the games that they played. Uh, It's just one of those deals where you you would hope that in the second year you're going to see them kind of come come through there and in in better fashion, you know. But I think the main thing is is that. Coach McGuire is—he's really electrified the city of Lubbock, and um, the people are getting behind him. And you know, to come in and and be able to do what he did in that first year—they're—they've added, uh, they're building a, a new 200-plus million dollar facility there at the stadium at Jones AT- AT&T Stadium there in Lubbock. Uh, solid, solid program. You know, they're—they're—he's planning to build this thing, and he. Uh, I think one of the things that I always hear is, you know it's always the next play, the next play, you know, he doesn't get too wound up about one thing or the other, but these kids listen to him and he just seems to have that electric personality that everybody's attracted to. And again, I guess that's kind of what it takes to be the president of that Texas high school coaches association, which in the state of Texas is kind of similar to being the head coach at Texas. So uh, that's the kind of strength there is in that, in that organization, you know, with the, with those coaches. I mean, again, you look at Six say alone with, 250 schools, uh, you know, and there's six of these classes, you know, some of them are quite a bit bigger than that. So a uh, lot of coaches, a lot of power within high school football there. And in order to get that job, you've got to be one of those guys that can talk people into stuff. And, you know, obviously it's working very well with him and his staff who've been able to get into uh, to living rooms that generally Red Raider coaches aren't getting into.
0: Let's talk about the defensive side of the ball. The Red Raiders, I like to D tackle Tony Bradford. Strong, very experienced football player. Then you got Tyler Hutchinson coming back last year, 50 tackles. But I like the cornerback position. Raphael Williams and Malik Dunlap, 12 pass breakups last year, 33 tackles among them. Talk about the Red Raiders' defense overall.
1: Yeah, I think that, the, again, this is what Joey McGuire really is as a defensive coach. You know, when it, his his last years at Baylor there, he was the – uh, the assistant head coach, but he was in charge of defense and stuff. So he was, uh, you know, for as well as they're doing offensively in the recruiting side of things, they're doing just as well on the defensive side. They got they brought in a couple of kids from Houston this, this year uh, that these are guys that, you know, you had Houston going after. They're a new Big 12 member as well. You also had... Texas was in on them, UTSA, some of these other programs that are starting to get moving in the right direction. Not that I think that Houston really is at the moment. I think they need to upgrade coaches. But uh, once they do that, that's fertile recruiting recruiting ground down there, Vincent. So you're looking at a situation where these are big kids, defensive linemen, the kind of guys that you have to have, as you know, to win in the SEC and, and at the national level. And he's getting these guys to come into Texas Tech. I mean, they had a top. 10 uh, pick in the draft on the defense coming from this, from this squad as well. So defensively, I think they got to short things up a little bit, but here's the, here's probably the most important stat that I think coming into this season. When you look at last year and, and for a team like TCU to come out of pretty much out of nowhere, I think they were finished. They were picked to finish eighth or ninth in the league, right. Going into the season, but they had a lot of those, what they call super seniors, fifth, six-year players at the school. text starting 22, 19 of these guys are of that super senior um, variety. This is the kind of school, and, and you know, a- again, all 11 of those are on the defensive side. So they've got guys that are coming back that have played significant amount of time. Now, seniors don't always necessarily matter. If you're there as a senior, maybe you hadn't played a whole lot. But in the case of, you know, now you're talking about if you've been there five or six years, I mean, you're not a grown man, you know, and it equated to a lot of, I mean, obviously, once they got up against Georgia this past season, it didn't really matter. Uh, I, I also think that they kind of came in with that wrong game plan. That 3-3-5 was never going to work there the way they were doing it at TCU uh, against that program. But that being said, I would tell you that when you've got a guy guys with experience like this on the defensive side and the offensive side of the ball, you got to expect that these guys are going to do some great things, right? Uh, that that's why a lot of people have them pegged as that dark horse team that could make it to the big 12 championship game. Um, this season, you know, they could be playing for a big 12 title and that's something that McGuire has been definitely preaching, uh, getting into some of these guys on the defensive side, uh, who are the guys that you were saying that you that you liked so much?
0: Raphael Williams from Malik Dunlap.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I tell you, man, a lot of these guys have done. It's such a. I'm getting into their stat page here real quick. I was I just bounced back to their roster. Give me one second here. Um, Yeah, so they have okay so let's see opponents only scoring you know for them scoring 34.23 points a game their opponents scored 29 uh points a game against them obviously the big 12 is a is a big is an offensive driven league to an extent i think that over the last few years it's actually that long time belief that you know it's just a you know go and a basketball game where you try to score as many points as you can is it's not really the truth anymore they they run the football very well in this league nowadays uh one of the things that they they outrushed their opponents which was a big deal they only allowed 113 first downs via the rush uh they they had more than 50 uh more passing first downs than than their opponents did throughout the year and they were they weren't penalized a ton either so you know they only gave up an average of Let's see. Let's see. Hold on, real quick. Uh, an average of about rushing. Come on now. Computer's kind of doing. They gave up an average of about two fifty-six on the ground, uh, which is you know not great. But but their opponents were giving up three hundred and two yards. So uh, you know again, they're and again this is a new defense that they that they're starting to learn now. And, and this is something that they're definitely showing up through the recruiting of getting these big guys on the, in the trenches, which you know is the most important thing. You know, if you're not getting a lot of pressure on the other quarterback, if you're not able to plug up those holes in the line, you know, it's going to be a long day. Uh, I think that, you know, the next thing we're going to talk about, that was a lot of what was going on with them last year was that they just couldn't get any pressure on the football. Uh, their secondary is strong as well. That's that's one of the things that I've seen the most is that, they, you know, they did lose one of their top hitters there on that secondary, but as far as coverage is concerned, they're solid. Uh, You know, I would, I would tell you that I believe that this is going to be, this is going to be a big year, you know, and they've got some big games coming down the stretch that you're going to see. We're going to find out a lot about them. uh, Even in week two, you know, they're going to go up against Oregon at home, uh, you know, be, be playing host to Oregon. And so, we're going to see a little bit about them right away. Uh, first game of the year is, is against Wyoming. Uh, it's in Laramie, Wyoming, but they come home for that, that home opener and they host the Oregon Ducks. Uh, we're going to see a little bit about uh, what these guys are made of. You know, uh, I've seen, and I know you have too, whenever Bo Nix was at Auburn, you know, he had some interception problems. If he gets, if they can get pressure on him, this secondary will, will you know, shut it down and and they could, you know, there's a reason they called him Bo Picks a lot when he was at Auburn. So I would tell you that if they can get some pressure on the quarterback in that situation, that could turn into a great game. Could turn into a great game. And if they're able to even – I think if you can even stay really competitive and make this a real game, that you could see them really kind of take off from there, right? That's kind of a pivotal moment, I would think, Vincent.
0: Okay, your final words on the season with Texas Tech this year under Joey McGuire.
1: Yeah, you know, you don't see a ton of losses. I mean, if they could lose that, that second game, uh, obviously. But, you know, after that, you know, forget the Tarleton State game. You know, they are at West Virginia. West Virginia's picked to be last in this league. Uh, they've, they've pretty much got a, got a coach that's, uh, you know, a lot of people said dead, dead man walking um, in Neil Brown. Houston. Uh, they get to host Houston. It's been a bit of a rivalry between these two schools, even before Houston got into the league. I believe that they're going to win that one. Uh, they did um, lose to Baylor a year ago. They're looking with revenge on their minds a little bit there. I'm not too sure that I believe in Baylor as much. So, but early on, I, I believe until they get to that Kansas State game, which is on on October the 14th, they they shouldn't lose more than just one. You know, coming into that one. Then you have road games at BYU. I think you know that that's one of the hardest places in the country to play. Uh that could that one could be a loss but again towards the end of the year they're going to host TCU, the defending Big 12 champions, Kansas uh on the road and then they'll have UCF on the road as well and they close out the season uh on the road at Texas. It could be for a spot in the in the Big 12 Championship game right there. I expect them to to be somewhere around 8 and 4, 9 and 3. Uh, we'll kind of figure out exactly where it, where it stands here. I, I feel like it could be about a year away, really, to be honest with you. But it wouldn't surprise me if they turned it around. You know, again, I don't. There's never been a time that they that Texas Tech had beaten Oklahoma and Texas in the same season. They did that in his first year. Um, the sky's the limit there in, in Lubbock. I believe. And um, listen, the one thing I'll tell you is Texas is probably the deepest program in this conference this season. But they kind of always are, right? And they, they haven't won a Big 12 championship or even played for one. Uh, they've only played for one since 2009. So to me, it's one of those situations where you gotta kind of have to show it. They'll have an opportunity to kind of get in there and win. If they can get a win on the road at, at Texas, probably puts them in the championship game. I think they're going to have a great season, though. I think it's going to be a good season for Texas Tech.
0: I'd like to say thank you to Mr. Jason Watkins today for giving us the insight on Texas Tech Raiders football for the 2023 season. If you like the video, please come in and share. We we'll surely appreciate it here. Special thanks to our producer, Mr. Logan Landers, for making it happen today here on One of the Yards Football. My final words about the Texas Tech Red Raiders. As Patrick Mahomes says, guns up. Zach Thomas, guns up. Marcus Coleman, guns up. Gabriel Rivera, guns up. The 1976 team, Rodney Allison at quarterback, guns up. Thomas Howard, Larry Dupree, Greg Frazier, Curtis Reed, guns up. Thank you, Mr. Jason Watkins of the Hall of Fame of College Football Podcast. We see you next week here on 100 Yards of Football. Thanks a lot, Vincent.